0: Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendigo. With me, as always, my co host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He is here. We are live via Zoom today and uh, Mike let's just jump right in. Lots to talk about. We did our pre-draft coverage last week. Uh, This week however though um, you know we've got the the draft process it's complete. The everything we've been talking about the build-up it's over with and to say that the Lions did not go the way we thought they were going to go is an understatement we're going to talk about it we're going to break down some of the picks we like what we didn't like um i think before we get going though mike and get your thoughts let's just go i'm just gonna go through real quick the selections um just real fast just to kind of see you know just to, in case anybody missed it so obviously the first round pick seventh overall offensive tackle panay sewell from oregon um second round pick from wa- defensive lineman out of Washington, Levi. Anzuricki, good luck pronouncing that last name for any commentator that's going to call Lions game this year. Um, third round pick from NC State, another defensive lineman, Aleem McNeil. Uh, the third round pick uh that we got from the Rams from the Matthew Stafford trade. Uh Iffy Melifano. I'm just gonna call him Iffy because that's what everybody's been calling him. the fourth round pick, Amon Ross St. Brown, wide receiver out of USC. Uh, another fourth round pick they actually traded up to get this guy linebacker out of Purdue Derek Barnes and with their seventh round pick because of the trade with Cleveland uh, Jamar Jefferson out of Oregon State a running back so Mike we got the list of rundown here Um, let's talk the 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 number one selection specifically just for a second here Um, you had Panay Sewell going to them at seven in our and last week, right? I didn't think Sewell would be there. So I, I took Slater. Um super happy that Sewell fell to seven. I think they ran to the phone, quite frankly, and said this is the guy. If you watch the post draft video, Brad Holmes was ecstatic to Lampane Sewell. Give me your thoughts. You predicted him to be here. He's officially Detroit Lion. Happy neutral. Um, would you did you want a wide receiver here or something like that at, at this at this point?
1: No, it's <laughs> that's actually funny. So uh i'm first ecstatic yes. absolutely ecstatic that we drafted him uh so i was at work on night one of the draft right and all these picks take so long yes like, yeah the first one two thing.
0: picks alone pissed me off because i was I know, like I'm we like, like, know
1: it already let's yeah, go like me and my friend were sitting there waiting for this pick to happen we're like okay if it's not trevor lawrence like you just Right. Just throw, blow up the world now or something yep. like, yep. like I'm sitting there. I'm like, it took him nine minutes to draft him. And I went, why did it take him nine minutes to draft him? I know. That's, it's I, that's another reason why I hate urban Meyer. <laughs> yeah, honestly. So all these picks are going and then like the lions come up and I'm like, all right, they're not. And then I walked up. I was like, I wonder if they're going to trade or anything. Literally the pick was in within four seconds yeah. of the lines like clock going up. Yeah. And I went, Oh, they're, gonna, they're definitely taking today Sewell. Yeah. Cause he's sitting there right there. Everybody um, kind of had
0: a feeling right then and there. It was like, okay. okay. They- Once he dropped to seven, it was like, yeah, well, took- especially when when Miami or when Cincinnati went Jamar chase at five, I went, that's the only guy that they, I think had rated as equivalent because they clearly tried to trade up to get him right so Mm -hmm. they knew they were going to have to hop Cincinnati uh I know a lot of Cincinnati Bengals fans were mad that they didn't take Sewell at five um right you know rightfully or not you know I mean you get the best wide receiver in the class right um and then when Miami went Waddle I went there's like there is nobody at seven right now that is worth taking outside of Panay Sewell in my opinion right so um it's one of those things where you're just like okay this is this is the guy yeah. and all of a sudden your offensive line went from good to
1: really, really good, really yeah, quick. Like really, really quick. Uh, yeah. So yeah, they got me pumped. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, oh right, we, talk, we talked, we talked about, re- I've never been heavier. No, for sure. And you know what's funny is it's not the sexy pick, right? For sure. You know, an offensive tackle, it's not sexy. It's not a new weapon. It's not a, you know, it's not the wide receiver that, you know, some people thought. I know a couple people asked me off air, you know, about Devontae Smith, and I was, it's i think it shocked people how fast i went no i don't want Devonte smith and i don't want them to take them at seven you know they were asking me you know would you have rather had that And the answer is no for a couple reasons but when you have a chance to land in probably i don't i don't know this is necessarily a stretch but i think he was probably what the top a top three prospect if we're being you know, i think trevor lawrence and then you can make an argument if it's kyle pitts and then Sewell or however you want to mm-hmm. rank it. But you, it, think about last year when we talked about the draft and we, you know, we kind of always do like a, a like a half ha ha preview of next year's draft. Cause everybody thinks that they already have who's going number one next year. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Panay Sewell was that guy though. Right. Panay Sewell was like, since two years ago, everyone goes, he's going to be the number one pick when he comes out, not knowing that, Oh, by the way, Trevor Lawrence is going to come out instead. But like that was the assumption, right? Like he was the best player coming out of this draft. So um, a lot of people are already saying that this is a slam dunk pick. I agree with them. Decker, Ragnow, Sewell on your offensive line. They are going to give Jerry Goff a legitimate chance to succeed. And I also think they're going to really try to help DeAndre Swift and this run game try to succeed with this pick. So I'm very excited about it. Um, yeah, that's one thing
1: is DeAndre Swift's coming into this year like –
0: this, has gotta gotta really pro- this is got to be a big
1: year. Yeah, this is like the prove-it year. Yep. And now you don't have the oh, we don't have the offensive line excuse because you have four have out of five mm-hmm. spaces pretty pretty well filled, in my opinion. If so, I had
0: to, if I had to predict right now how this offensive line is going to be, it's going to be Decker, Jackson, Ragnow, Vitae, Sewell.
1: Yeah, and I think Vitai right. and Vitai is
0: going to get replaced after next year because I think he's going to get cut after this season, and they're yeah. going to draft his replacement in the third round. Next year. I think.
1: I think. I think Vitai. <laughs> will stink it up in the first, like, four or five games, and then Stenberg will play.
0: Put Crosby plays guard, too. Put Tyrell yeah, Crosby. Or, or
1: Crosby, or Crosby. yeah. Absolutely. Put- I, think, I honestly
0: think Stenberg is going to get a chance, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I
1: think once they realize they're going to be like, right, if I tell you can't do it, then mm-hmm. they're going to throw Sternberg in and right. maybe he does as well. Yeah. I think the one,
0: um, just real quick on the offensive line too, the one spot I do think that they need to invest in or look at um, whether it's undrafted free agents or what have you is a backup center. They don't have one right now. They have Stenberg is technically their backup center. That is not a viable solution. He's never played center before. So he's. they're definitely yeah. going to need to look into that a little bit. I know that Sewell actually played center, um in high school or in in, and they also and Oregon their coach said he played all five positions in practice just in case they needed him to Mm -hmm. um now obviously I'm not in favor of all taking your starting right tackle and putting him at center but if Ragnow went down you got to have some sort of contingency plan so that is something to think about um going to the rest of the draft though um we got to talk about the elephant in the room like the two defensive tackles back to back uh it's obviously took a lot of people by surprise um Uh, give me your thoughts though. You know, we went into this thinking that there was a couple needs, right? Wide receiver, clearly linebacker, offensive line, defensive line. I mean, I'm just going to label everything except for basically running back and kicker (laughs) and even kicker. You maybe could have made the argument with Randy Bullock being there, but, um, and I guess punter and long snapper, but everybody kind of thought wide receiver linebacker safety was going to kind of be that next line after they took whoever fell to them at seven, whether it was a Mm -hmm. wide receiver. Okay. That's off the board. They go somewhere else. Um, you know, do you like this approach so far? Now, obviously we haven't seen these guys play, but just on paper alone about what Brad Holmes did because Brad Holmes basically came out and said, I don't give a crap what our needs are. In this moment, we're not good enough to be picky enough to be reaching for guys. Maybe that are a little bit lower on the board as compared to another guy who maybe doesn't fit a quote unquote immediate need. Yeah. Instead, we're going to just fortify, get more athletic, which is a, the theme around this draft and just get better better at a position that maybe is not a quote-unquote need but mm-hmm. we're just enhancing it does that if that makes any sense
1: yeah no i, I the first one I'm, I'm totally cool with yes uh the this levi, levi guy is
0: gonna be a monster
1: yeah he's gonna he's gonna at least give 100 percent effort every single play which is Absolutely. what we all enjoy in defensive tackles right um so i'm, I'm totally cool even if they wanted to take like you know a wide receiver or whatever yep. even though we have some or, or a tight end yep. or like i'd yep. be cool as long as he's like what you would say is like your best player on your board yep. i'm okay with you taking it because we do need talent everywhere absolutely How, and so that first defensive tackle totally cool with yep. i was like I would have liked you know like a jok or that safety uh trevin
0: moreg yep trevin yep. moreg was yep. still there
1: so i was like ah it's hard to pass up on both those guys yep. but they like this guy more that's fine but i think it is i think
0: year. it is worth noting too that they were gonna they were trying to trade up on and back into day one to get this guy too. So yeah, exactly. Brad Holmes was hot and heavy about this dude.
1: Yeah, but then going into the third round, and then you pick another defensive tackle who yep. technically plays nose guard or yep. our nose tackle. So mm-hmm. it's not really the same position necessarily. It's the one, but, it's the one technique for but, sure. But it, yeah, but it's still a defensive tackle. Absolutely, that's the one I go. That's the one you have to rationalize as a yes. fan and go. Yes. Yeah, you got to make it sound and good you gotta, in your head. You're, you're like, like, uh. you're like I, guess, I guess either way, if this Levi doesn't work, at least maybe we have this yeah. guy that works. Like, At least we right. get one of the two that work, and we get a good defensive tackle out of it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that was the one for me that I was like, Man, you have good linebackers still left. you got mm-hmm. a couple yes. of safeties that I like, a yes. lot of good receivers left. And I was like, and you went defensive tackle again. again That's right. the one I, I was the biggest fan of.
0: Yeah, and I personally. think it's hard to swallow for sure. And that, you know, I do think the clarification by Brad Holmes coming out of that press conference. I have enjoyed the fact that this this regime so far, if nothing else, has been a lot more forward with what their plans are, right? They said, listen, um the you know, you have to trust this process. We've worked really hard on our draft board and we're going to stick to that draft board. Right. And we're going to make sure that we get the guys that we covet. Um, there is two prevailing thoughts about this draft class. If nothing else, number one, um, they have big personalities. All of these guys do for the most part, right. They're all, they're all in your face. They're, ex- they're excited as hell to be here. And, and, and two, um they're all overly athletic and i think that was the goal for brad holmes i think knowing you only came into the day with five or six draft picks i mean you wound up still only having six picks um or seven picks sorry excuse me um seven you know whatever so you went in with a limited amount of ammunition only oh, one two three did they have six or seven i'm miscounting two three four five six they had seven they had seven picks seven and yeah. seven picks sorry um but going in with limited ammunition especially in day, you know They didn't really have enough to move up in day one, day two. That third round pick might as well have been a fourth, right? I mean, it's Mm a compensatory. Um, I just think, you know, they stuck so true to their board, and it was one of those things where they went, I don't like – they." I I feel like the Aline McNeil pick was, we like this guy a lot, so screw it. I know no one's going to understand it but we're just going to do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I I don't really know how to feel about that, Um, but I'm willing to let it play out. Um, I love the Melifanmu pick. Um, Once again, it's not at a position of quote unquote need, but you get another holy crap athletic type athlete out there in the secondary. Um, My, my prevailing thought on this draft class is you can't teach speed, but you can coach some of the other flaws in in these guys games. Um, So that's kind of where I'm at, right? Like the Derek Barnes pick, um, you know, they traded up to get him. He's an athletic freak, runs a 4-540. He's strong as hell. He's played inside linebacker, outside linebacker, and defensive end, but he hasn't really done a lot of coverage, right? But he runs a 4-5. So in my logic, I go, they know he's fast, he's athletic. Now we can coach him to be able to be an off-ball linebacker if needed, right? So um that's kind of where I looked at it. Just you know, is give me your overall thoughts on, on the rest of this draft and you know the takeaways from it. I mean, I do think that maybe there was some missed opportunities if you're looking at a big board um, mm. of potential value. But I think they went into it saying we're taking guys that fit exactly what we're trying to embody and. I think all these guys are like Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes type. Guys. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know how
1: to explain it. They're just bros. almost. I, yeah. I guess that's the best they're way of physical, saying it. They're physical dudes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I think my favorite pick actually outside of Panay where, where I yeah. like leaked over counter for yeah. uh, is the corner. Melifano. Yeah. yeah. Yep. He's good. He might be my new favorite line like ever yeah. um, watching his like, they had like a three minute tape of him when they drafted him. And I yep. went, he's just, he, he reminds me, this is going to sound weird. Like a cam chancellor where he just runs mm-hmm. and he just lays into you. Well, he's, he's around the ball, time. right? You look for the ball. Yeah. Where's he at? He's there. That's where he's at. Yeah. he'll, he, he was just like, he just comes downhill and just kills people. And I go, mm-hmm. yep, that's good. That's going to be a mm-hmm. lot of fun to be around. Yep. Um, yeah. So the rest of the draft was, was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think if I mean, those two D tackles saved. wind up
0: being your starters, I don't think anyone's going to complain, but I think yeah. that's the only way that this makes sense long-term. I mm-hmm.
1: think honestly, I, uh,
0: I do think though, for all the people who were freaking out about them, not taking a linebacker or a wide receiver in the second and third round, they went fine. Hold on. There's a, and I think the Amon Ross St. Brown pick and the Barnes pick both kind of t- like put out the fire a little bit amongst some mm-hmm. lions fans. Cause they went, look, Amon Ross, St. Brown, round two, grade got him in round four. Relax, yeah. you know what I mean. There was clearly a plan in place, and they identified specific guys, zeroed in on these guys, and went, "These are the these are Detroit Lions." You know what I mean. So yes. they got more athletic, they got faster, and they got meaner. So. It, I better not see them get pushed around in the trenches. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. If nothing else out of this draft is that they better be able to yeah. run the ball somewhat effectively yeah. and they'd be better able to stop they the run. push
1: back six yards and you go, all right, we're going to flare them now because yep. obviously, exactly. Yeah, we don't know
0: what the hell is going on. uh Plus, with a six year deal, too, right? You know, both Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell are looking at this and saying, where are we going to be at in 2022, not 2021? Mm-hmm where are we going to be in 2022? You're going to have two first round picks, a second, multiple, at least two thirds from a compensatory for Kenny G along with your own third um, probably at multiple force because of Marvin Jones and Jamal Agnew's contract. So you're going to have some picks to play with next year, including mm-hmm. one probably in the top 10. And then if, you know, whatever happens with the Rams, but in the mid, you know, mid to late twenties probably. So you're like, you're going to have ammunition to do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, from a standpoint, give me, um, you know, talking bigger picture now with the rest of this draft, uh, was there a team that you thought really killed it or a pick that you went, that is a great pick for that team. It just matches perfectly with what they're trying to do. Let's see. Besides Trevor Lawrence. (laughs) Okay. That was number one on
1: my board. Um, the layup pick. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I got, I got four teams here that I thought did really, really well this draft. Uh, uh, the Chargers, number one, I think they did great. I think their first two picks at the very least were slams. Rashawn Slater to help Justin Herbert out. I mean, Herbert was rushed or hurried like the second most in the league last year or something. Yep. So if you give him a pocket to sit in, he's only going to get better with, you mm-hmm. know, Keenan Allen and everyone out there. Absolutely. Um, and then they drafted Asante Samuel, who's a great corner, helping the backfield. So I think the Chargers did great. I think the Jets, they went all in on Zach Wilson. They did exactly <laughs> the opposite of what they did with Darnold, right? They said, yeah, we're exactly. going to put Literally this kid opposite. in
0: the best position to succeed here. We're going to yeah. get him a
1: guard who can also play tackle. We're going to get him wide receivers, and we're going to get him a running back. Running back. And we're just giving him all the weapons and go, yep. if you can't work with these weapons we give you, then you're not the guy. Right? Like Sam Darnold was like, oh, we're going to draft you in six defensive players. No, no, no. Yep. Zach Wilson and players and get this guy ready to go i mean so, you've I got two like do. in the
0: jets too they got Corey uh, Davis, the Tevin coleman there's a lot of pick, there's a lot of players on that jets roster all of a sudden where you go hey there you can see what they're trying to accomplish if nothing else there's a plan
1: yeah they're, so, they're slowly getting better yeah. which i like to see uh the browns i think uh getting uh greg newsome the corner in the first Out of round, northwestern just yep. literally just dropping to him like they didn't have to move or anything they're like oh okay, we'll just take this corner that we love. Yep, right. And it then, was probably the
0: best in the Big Ten last year.
1: Yeah. And then uh, in the second round getting JOK, they traded up a few picks to get him, yep. but it was still a great steal because he's dropping. And they are like, wait, wait, wait. Right. The it's, the Grant, it's, Grant, is it's Grant
0: Delpit from last year, right? From the same yeah, literally. LSU, everyone's like, Delpit could be a top 15, 20 pick. And all of a sudden he's dropping because of the medical issues. JOK, I think, dropped because of the, the physical maybe limitations that some teams had on him
1: um yeah. but yeah the he has like sure. a shoulder issue or something that was yep. that was like irritating him but yep. the browns like we'll take that on so good on the browns it, it's you know, all
0: on baker mayfield this year
1: it really is i mean that team is so set up for yep. him mm-hmm. and then uh the, the uh the dolphins i think yep. did great job they give them they give Tua a nice receiving threat that mm-hmm. actually played with him hmm in his uh what would be his sophomore year, I believe it was. Yeah so he 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 has that little connection there. Uh they gave they upgraded their defense and they gave him Liam Eichenberg, which was one of the best tackles in the league or yeah, in the draft, draft. Yep. um to give him so he gets that tackle protection. He's going to right promote. tackle.
0: So they have they drafted the left and right tackle of the future, right? Jack exactly. USC last year, and now Eichenberg out of Notre Dame playing the right side.
1: Yeah. So I think the Dolphins are basically set up where it's like two-a. This is your show go up. now. It's, it's your show up. now. We yep. gave you a wide receiver, and you have your tackles. Yep. Do your thing now. So yep. uh, those are the four teams I would highlight and say I think they did the absolute I- I would say maybe absolute best, but like they did very, very well. You can
0: highlight some players and go, that's a great pick. Right. And I, you know, I think another one of those that sticks out to me is Rashad Bateman to Baltimore in the first round. I thought that was a match made in heaven for them. Um, Didn't really understand the defensive end pick for them quite necessarily. My problem with the,
1: my problem with them was that second first round pick and they didn't go like offensive tackle. And I went, why not? Right. Exactly. Brown I thought Tevin
0: Jenkins would have been there for yeah. him and they would have easily just put him on the right side. Athletic exactly. guy. Yeah, I I agree with you there. But so that, I that's did why, think, but
1: I did like yeah. Bateman though. Yeah, yeah I,
0: like- I, I, I enjoyed that. Um, I also who else did I really think um, at least in the first couple rounds, I thought really made an impact. I thought
1: so. I put the Broncos in my questionable. But yeah. I really liked when they picked uh, Pat Sertain, and then they also picked uh I have to look it up real quick uh Baron oh, Browning at the end
0: of the end of the third. Yeah. And third. Quinn
1: uh Quinn Man- uh Maneras, the yep. Wisconsin the offensive guard. He was yep. really highly talented too. The reason they're in questionable is because they traded up for the Javante Williams running back. And mm. I was like yeah, you, well, yeah. Right. You, you still have Mel- you got Melvin still- Gordon in there. Yep. So I was like, you I don't know the know thing if you about really that. Straight up for that, though.
0: Now let me ask you this: right, the Justin Fields situation. Right, he goes to Chicago. Uh, clearly, now none of us can root for his success. Unfortunately, here in Detroit. Um, but uh, you know, a lot of people. You know, it's funny that you say that you like the the Barcos taking Sertan. A lot of people could not believe that they passed on Fields at nine. Um, do you think i they did? I was too, honestly. So, and it's going it, to, and this kind of leads me into, um, you know, another, you know, we're going to talk about this Aaron Rodgers situation in a second, but do you think that they, because of this situation with Aaron Rodgers and the potential that they may be in on him, this is the reason why they said, we, we let's just go best player available. That's not a quarterback and just take him Vic Fangio is a defensive guru. And if we're not in on, it, if, if we can't get Rodgers, we got Bridgewater and lock one of them will
1: start. And then next year we can take a quarterback. I think that's exactly what it was. Yeah. I think, especially because when the report came out like five hours before the draft that the Broncos were one of like three teams that could get him or whatever, yeah. mm-hmm. I was like, Broncos definitely were like, yeah, so we don't probably don't need field. Because could you imagine if they drafted fields? Right. And like, and then it after, takes them out of it. It takes them out of it. Then, then and happened. then like June 2nd, they were like, oh, we're training for It's like, you just got like five new quarterbacks in. Like, yeah. what are you guys doing? So, right. Exactly. No, I, I definitely think because they this rogers sweep skate is out there right now mm-hmm. yep. i definitely think that's why they didn't take joseph give me a team a
0: mistake give me a team or two that you thought really just botched this i have one outside of outside of their first round pick i like micah parsons to dallas they needed linebacker help i didn't understand the rest of their day though the last three days right. i thought they reached on a lot of picks i don't understand that corner pick at all yeah um and I thought – and they took another linebacker. I know they took Tribune Cox out of LSU uh, later, which I thought was a, was a bit of a steal. But overall, I just felt like they reached on their day two picks where I was yeah. like, man, you're really – and that's something I didn't want Brad Holmes to do. I didn't want them to reach for a wide receiver or a safety just because they it's a perceived need for them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a team to me where I was a little bit confused by what they did because usually the last couple of years, Jerry's drafted relatively well. So yeah. it's almost like they kind of like said, no, never mind anymore, you know. Um, is there a team or two for you that kind of you thought really missed the boat this year?
1: <laughs> so we'll start easy before I hit the lowest really hanging tall, fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Literally the whole lowest hanging fruit. But so a not so awful one, but I thought was pretty bad it were the Steelers um yeah, no. outside just like you said with the Cowboys like Najee Harris I could get behind but yeah. man they go they went tight end right after that I went okay no offensive
0: lineman there really you, know, you yeah. lost three offensive linemen this year you needed to take it an and then lineman. they
1: took they took some linemen in the third fourth and fifth but yep. you really could have maximized by using that second round pick on getting a I think like Creed Humphrey was still there at that point mm-hmm. or whatever like mm-hmm. you could have got some really high quality offensive line play and yep. these guys might work out the ketchup green and the Dame Moore jr but if they don't you really whiffed right on all of those can i i want to throw one more in here too uh
0: the green bay packers to me i they didn't on my list, too. I, I didn't really think i mean not because of the the rogers thing is a whole other thing and i can't wait to, to belittle the green bay packers here for a hot minute but um the fact that you know i still think they could have went wide receiver here you know they took another yeah. corner they re-signed kevin king you have Jair alexander i mean could he maybe compete for a starting job maybe but like maybe you take a wide receiver just to be like hey Aaron look see we're, we're giving you some help again right and you know and then yeah. two they did not address the offensive line right away they're missing their two they're missing their starting center and starting guard and Bakhtiari's coming off a leg injury I felt like their offensive line needed some more help and they did not address it I don't think early enough to really warrant you know the urgency that their window is now they like yeah. it's, and it may have already depending on what happens with Rogers. And I can't wait to talk about this in a second, but it could be already over. So like, yeah. Whoa.
1: Yeah, no, I, I thought uh at twenty nine, I thought Elijah Moore was like Yeah, I thought, it, you, was he, I thought it was a lock. I thought it was a lock. If step. you had betting odds, yep. like I would have been like I would put so much money on that Elijah Moore would go there because I was yep. like, there's no way the Packers pass up on this super fast, definitely mm-hmm. a number two receiver guy going there. Yep. And they're like, no, nah, we nope, like another uh, Eric corner Stokes. to be
0: our third or fourth corner this year.
1: Yeah. Um, but Yikes. you know, I will give them one thing. Uh the whole draft, I do really like Amari Rogers. Yeah I, knew Out of I yeah, yeah, I think too Clemson. Absolutely. I think he plays really well. So um I'll give him I'll give him a little credit there, but the rest <laughs> I'm not a I could I, I could live or die with, I guess. Yeah. What was the other uh, team for you? So, <laughs> I'm laughing because I think it's really funny. So the absolute <laughs> worst, and I, I honestly like not even joking for this one, yeah. is I don't think anyone's ever drafted worse hmm. is the Houston Texans. Yeah. It's I not, it's I, not I don't understand literally outside of you can make the argument and i wouldn't even do it for nico collins yeah i don't like any of their picks not yeah. a single one yeah like they've <laughs> they don't have any first or second round picks so mm-hmm. third round third pick in the third round they go you know what we have every hole they have more holes in the lions do right now and they go <laughs> you know what hole we don't have right now quarterback you know what we're gonna take a quarterback <laughs> back <Quarterback>. yeah uh, <laughs> I think I think it's absolutely the worst like draft, and if unless Davis Mills remember this name in twenty years is like yep. the next Tom Brady, I think it's one of the worst drafts ever. Yeah, I I really don't uh, I don't I don't think that. Um, like I don't even know if I was a
0: fan, I could well, rationalize. Well, here, well, here's the problem too with what they did. Number one, they gave up more assets to go get Nico Collins, right? Yeah. So you get so you're kicking that can further down the road. Okay. Number two, and I think this is the biggest thing is not knowing ahead of time that Deshaun Watson was going to have these legal problems. Right. And I know there's a report out there that the teams are still looking at him, but you, the value for Deshaun Watson is greatly diminished if anything. Else oh yeah. Time. But what, before, when the first he came out and said, I want to be traded, you hire Nick Casario and you go, all right, we need to trade him and we need to trade him now. And we need to try to get as many assets as possible, even if it's not for this year. Fine. Everyone's talking about, and I think it's funny that because we've talked about this and we kind of laugh and say the lines are going to be really bad next year. Um, and in, in pro football focus is even saying that the lions have the worst roster going into the draft take Deshaun Watson out of Houston give me one redeeming quality on that Houston Texans team right now they have no corners they don't have any pass rush because J.J. Watt's gone their receiving core is Brandon Cooks and a whole bunch of scrubs their offensive line I can't name a guy and no Deshaun Watson I mean they got every running back in the room possible mm-hmm. but outside of that what do you have in Houston right now? Oh, by the way, you have a head coach that no one's ever heard of. That was the only guy willing to take the job. So it's like, Mm That I have no idea what is going on in Houston, but if they're a team that is desperate to say, we need to literally just tear whatever we get rid of everybody that you, any that has any Brandon cooks, goodbye, everybody that is useful to us. And you need to completely revamp everything you've done because this is the whole rosters in shambles because Deshaun's Mm -hmm. not going to play this year. There is no way he plays, especially for the, even if all his legal troubles go away, there is almost a 0% chance in
1: my mind that he plays for the Houston Texans this year. Yeah. Honestly, I'd have to look at their schedule deeper. Yeah, um, and when and you know May twelfth comes out, the schedule yeah. comes out. So and we're gonna be talking what be about it. My, that's yep. why I'll be doing my deep dive. Yep. But I honestly have trouble finding what game they could win. For sure, Jacksonville. Like Jacksonville, I, maybe tr- like, right? Trevor I is gonna I know go all I know. over that
0: defense. That's yeah. But, I'm saying at home, last game of
1: the year. <laughs> yeah. Like like it, it, like that is your pure hope. I Urban think, plays the think, draft
0: card and he goes, "Let's just lose, so then we pick a top five again or something." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like
1: I think, <laughs> I think, I think Jacksonville will open against Houston this year, and Lawrence um, so is going to have and, a day, and everyone's yeah, going to go. Gonna the Messiah. messiah. Be, he's the yeah, Messiah. That's exactly <laughs> what's going to happen? Yeah, he's so heavy. Oh my god. Yeah. No, I have a real tough time trying to find a team. Legitimately, that they I'm, can.
0: Beat. I'm not. Yeah, you're. you I mean, the Lions are looking worse just because of the fact that their schedule is a buzzsaw this year. They play two yeah, of division football. but even the even, the, like, of football, even the
1: Lions, I can. You can make arguments. Okay, Cincinnati. They can Denver, beat the Bears. The Bears. Bears once, if Aaron Rodgers leaves Packers. Packers at least once, right? and I think they
0: can still. Be, I think they can beat Minnesota
1: too. Quite yeah. frankly, I, like, mean, like I mean, I think I think you can make argument maybe they won't yep. beat them, but like you can right. make arguments. Texans, I go. Colts, Nobody.
0: Nobody, no way. Yeah, 0% I, can't chance. Even, I
1: can't even make arguments for the, for no. the, for the,
0: Genesis. yeah, you are not mean. wrong at all. Like, no, the only team maybe and they didn't get, is get better Jackson, this though. week. They didn't get better this week. Oh. I mean, they had limited ammunition, but I don't understand mortgaging your future again by uh, trading away more assets to go get. And I like Nico Collins. If he was taken by the lions, I would have no problem with Nico Collins no. being a Detroit lion today. But the fact that you gave up assets to go get him, and it's such a, like, the Lions went, I don't know what the hell the Texans are doing. Amon Ross, St. Brown fell to us in the fourth round, and we didn't have to do a damn thing. You know what I mean? So it's like that and, and, and the fact that you take a quarterback who is the heir apparent to who right now? Yeah. Tyrod? Like, I, I just don't, why, why, t- why do this when you could have just let Tyrod play the season out? Take the
1: lumps, and then you're going to be a top five pick. Then you draft your quarterback. You know what I'm just thinking about? You know how sad everyone says Detroit sports are right now? Yeah. Think about Houston sports. Right. Like Houston sports have fallen off of a cliff. They were like at the, the highest racket. of high, right? And, yeah, and, and the point. Rockets are literally irrelevant. Competing Texans with the Pistons for the first overall pick,
0: along with yeah. like the Wizards.
1: <laughs> and then Houston's like irrelevant. The Astros yep. are falling off a cliff because yep. you know all those guys are leaving now. And it's like man, Houston's like all of a sudden, like you went. You're from, like, oh, yeah. Detroit's not looking too bad now. Yeah, it's like at least like two two teams that are okay. We're, we're
0: rebuilding, right? Yeah. yeah. You can be you can be excited about what the Pistons are doing, right? You can be excited about what the wings are doing. The tigers are a disaster and they look worse than ever and i don't understand what's going on Um, and you can be excited about what the lions are doing because it's a new regime everything everything right now is happy joy 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 right because they haven't played a game yet but um i i I don't i don't disagree with you at all all right let's talk about this aaron Rodgers thing we went we went a solid i think like 35 minutes just on the draft so good thing we don't have a ton of major topics to cover but this aaron Rodgers thing is huge um uh, let me just ask you straight up is he a green does he play for the green bay packers again
1: um, right now I'm going to say yes. Okay. Give me a percentage. Give me a percentage. 50, is it just uh, 51 to 49? I'd say like 55, 45. Okay. Okay. Continue. And I only say yes, because I like, it. it's one of those like with, with Brady in new England where mm. like, if you ask me like at the time, like right. and we were talking I, about it where it was like yeah. it was like there's no way he anywhere yes. there's I'm no, like, way, there's he's no way he actually leaves. Like, yeah. I'm like I'm like I'm like he's been there for so long. I'm like I don't think there's any. I think that eventually it's like the Russell Wilson thing from earlier when yeah. everyone's like oh they're is, they're screwed. He's gonna get traded. Blah blah blah. And also now it's like all happy fun. Sunshine's over there apparently. Like I feel like in like two months it's gonna be like ah oh, you know they hatched it. They're fine. They're gonna go into the season and do their thing. Yeah. So uh, um, I, the yep, you know the only the difference, difference is though that Russell Wilson's like. Oh God! How can I say it's about coming off really bad? I think Russell is like—I'm just going to bluntly say—I guess a nicer person than Rogers. I feel like absolutely, he's absolutely and awesome. like Russell Wilson's like more like forgiving. Be like, all right, like yeah, let's all right, help. you're all right, under you, the hatch, we're and, fine. Like, and in fairness, and, they
0: did in this draft, they did draft yeah. an offensive lineman. They gave him some weapons. They they did attempt. Yeah, they were
1: like they were like they're like if you just help me out a little bit, I'll be okay with this. And they gave right. him a receiver, offensive, whatever. Yeah. and Rodgers, I feel like it's almost like almost no coming back unless they get like Odell Beckham or something. Well, and I think, and I I think the
0: problem too now is, I think it's gone beyond helping him at this point. I think it's gone beyond having a roster that's because they're built pretty consistently, but I I would make the argument is this, is that without Aaron Rodgers, this is an average roster. And so, you know, I, I know people like to say that their defense was top 10 and that's great, but you know how easy it is to be top 10 when you know, your offense is putting up 35 a game and you can play loose and you can play aggressive and you can do some of the things. And Um, And then two, you know, I don't think Rogers comes back to green Bay without some heads rolling. I, we've already seen the report already that Guten their, their, their GM, he's not coming back if he's still the GM, but the Packers are an organization. They're this old school type of way where they refuse to buckle under their star players demands and their requests and that kind of stuff. So, you know, I'm, i am so optimistic that he leaves, and I can't tell you how optimistic he leaves because I just want him out of this damn division so bad. Um, and the demise of the Green Bay Packers makes me so happy on so many levels, I can't even tell you. Um, you know, I, I can't, I, I'm, I'm honestly shocked that it got out that he's just said, I want out. Um, he's even said, apparently there's some reports that the Packers are saying, well, then you'll just have to retire. And Roger says, okay, which is crazy to me to think that, um, it, it, let's just play hypothetical here before we get the rest of the information out there. Um, if there's a team that you think needs to go get him right this second and and mortgage the future to, to make yourself a Super Bowl window, because any team that trades for Aaron Rodgers is, is basically saying we're going to win. We're committing to winning right now at the expense of the next 10 years. Right. He's 36, 7, 8, something like that. He's not young. Right. He's he wants a new deal. So you keep him till he's 41, maybe. So maybe a three, four year window. Is there a team right now that needs to win bad enough to either to for people that are desperate enough to make this decision? That's or a team that you think can legitimately go, we're gonna mortgage the future. But if they get Aaron Rodgers, they immediately jump into it. they're a Super Bowl contending team. Like Minnesota, I would make an argument, could maybe be a team like that, right? Their defense is still pretty solid, they have weapons on the outside, good running back, but they can't do that. They're not going in division, they don't have the money to do it, even if they flip Kirk Cousins. You know, we've heard the teams, Denver, the Raiders, San Francisco are teams that are it, he would like to go to because it's on the West Coast um, and he wants to be over there. Um, I don't think the Niners are in that really anymore because they take Trey Lance. I, I don't think they have enough and they don't have first round picks for the next two years because of the Trey Lance trade. Is it the Raiders? Is that the one place where you go? John Gruden is aggressive enough to say I need to win because I haven't won jack squat since I came here. You've got decent outside weapons. You got Josh Jacobs. You're building your defense. Gus Bradley's a great defensive coordinator and you're crazy enough to give away every pick that you have for the next day yeah. in order to get him. And yeah. if he wants to come there, that's even better.
1: Yeah. I would say the Raiders would probably be, because the Broncos thing is interesting, but I don't think they have the team yet. No. And when a defense, defense is not yeah.
0: good enough. They're getting older in spots that they need to get younger in. Like Von Offensive, Miller, you know yeah, what I mean? Offensively
1: they could be fine with him, but defensively they wouldn't be fine. Offensively, like, I think they'd be great. They got Hamler, yeah, Judy. They'd be perfectly they, got, fine. they got pick. They got guys. Um, I think similarly to the 49ers, but on a totally different coast. Yeah. Now this would never happen. But in a hypothetical, I think this team is instant Super Bowl bound mm-hmm. without really a question. Yeah. Uh Cleveland. Oh my God! Good Lord, I didn't even think about that. If you placed him in Cleveland, Holy I think crap. he is, uh, is. instant. You know what? And another one is same division Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, those two mm-hmm. would yeah, be absolutely. instantly. I, I wouldn't even. I think the betting odd would go straight to both of the, them to be in there uh, over I, City I, I, at I'm going to be
0: honest with you, and it hurts me to say this. If 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 that were to happen in some video game reality where he somehow got to Cleveland, they yeah. don't lose. I don't think they lose a game either looking at that roster right now up and down i don't see a position where you go they're weak in this area maybe linebacker maybe but outside sure. of that that's fine i mean your pass rush is good you got decent interior defensive line they don't have great say to cut sheldon uh sheldon Richardson, and stuff like that but it's it's solid it's not yeah. bad uh your cornerback position's good especially if denzel ward's healthy you have receivers you have a good tight end and you have the best w- top three running back in the game right now oh and Kareem hunt to add, yeah. add on to it you have bradley you got nick chubb and that so it's like
1: yeah um yeah that, that one would like never happen but like no. if a team was to sell the market like give up like three first round picks cleveland could give up like three first round picks get Rodgers, and i would have when them can. over the chiefs oh as yeah. favorites because the chiefs don't have the defense enough the browns almost beat the chiefs this yeah. last year you know yeah, what i mean exactly. so and yeah. rogers being able to throw to obj Jarvis Landry, Higgins, and all these guys and the people Jones, Jones and Joe
0: Cooper. I mean, I'm just gonna keep naming names.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I don't like I don't even think it'd be fair. So yeah, no, that, yeah. that's the team I would say Holy mother. in like a weird, like Madden simulation way mm-hmm. would be I think actuality probably Las Vegas Raiders would yeah. probably be like the best thing spot for. I,
0: I, I just find this so fascinating that it comes out at this time, you know, last ten drafts, the one draft offensive player in the first round you take is his replacement. I mean it's 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 just it's so bad optics in so many ways. Can we just talk for a second, too, that the the Green Bay Packers have somehow managed to waste the primes of both Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers in back-to-back careers and only got two Super Bowls out of it? Like even the Denver Broncos had a large gap between John Elway and Peyton Manning, and still have been to more Super Bowls than Green Bay has. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is just insane to me. Yeah. Level of, of sheer stubbornness to mm-hmm. go out and spend the money to help your guy who was already playing who if if Aaron Rodgers like this year on that level makes you an NFC championship contender, how about you go get him a guy? Why not be the new England Patriots and trade a fourth rounder for a Randy Moss? You mean to tell me you couldn't have went and got OBJ and Devontae Adams together and, and, and maybe drafted a guy You know, later on, like a Brandon Ayuk to play the slot, God forbid, and just get and just give him a loaded arsenal for once. Yeah, like how ridiculous and how stubborn can you be? I get wanting to fortify the defense because you have Rodgers, right? Like, okay, our offense is set because we have Rodgers, but but if you're if you're four years in a row you've been in the NFC Championship game and you either get steamrolled by a team who's just built better than you. Or you lose it on your own merit because of one reason or another, and yet you continue to just keep on that same
1: that same trajectory, hoping yeah. to God
0: that Rogers continues to pull it out of his ass.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 rough out there. Honestly, I, I feel like I don't like reason, Rogers, but I feel bad for him in that sense. I feel like honestly, I feel like the reason they don't do that is hit roger's like personality is, is i a, feel like at, at any moment she could leave oh yeah and they're like they're like we can't go on because like knowing their luck and they have generally good luck with their products and everything uh, uh, yeah but like okay. but like knowing their luck right like the second they're like all right we're gonna get you obj we're gonna get you these guys he's gonna go no nah, i'm retiring i'm gonna go do jeopardy yeah. or something and then they go Crap, Jordan Love's gonna have all these receivers and everything. Like,
0: yeah, I mean, you know, and they haven't drafted very well defensively either. You know, like no. Dayton Jones, BJ Raji. You know, I'm even gonna say out there, Rashawn Gary, he's not what they thought he was going to be. You know, what he, I mean? he so, could be, though. He, he could be. be.
1: He, he was really good last year.
0: He could, yeah, right. But I mean, like, so I, I look at that team and I go, some of these picks that you're making, even you're like, they're not necessarily you know, killing it. You know what I mean? So it's, you know, Darnell Savage is okay. He's not great. He's okay. Ha ha Clinton Dix is not on the team anymore. You know what I mean? So there's just certain guys that you just, you didn't hit on in that round. And so it's hard to justify continuously taking defensive players when you have the best quarterback of a generation and you're not giving him enough. like, it's not even not giving him enough because he can make chicken salad out of chicken bleep, but like, why does he have to, why not just make it easy for him to say, Hey, um, we're gonna get you guys that also can separate. Oh my gosh, this is the best day of my life, and mm-hmm. you're unstoppable. So un- unreal the fact that they have wasted this man's prime, and I don't blame him for wanting to leave. All right, let's shift focus here to the squared circle here, and we'll wrap this up. Uh a couple couple fun anecdotal stuff. The first thing I wanted to talk about, Kenny Omega wins the impact world championship, I guess, and the TNA championship, if you really want to get technical with it. Um from rich Sean, from last you know last weekend uh he is now a triple world champion he's the triple a uh, mega champion he's the aew world champion and now the impact world champion as well um couple questions for you mike number one do you care at all number two does it do anything for you um from a you know like okay like you know we have we've never seen this before number one right so is it like it is is it you care, and and if you do, why should people care? Is this is this benefiting anybody? I guess is the question.
1: Am I supposed to say yes, I care to no. answer these other questions? No, oh, okay. you're not. You're uh, not because I don't care. I think it's I cool I'm, on paper. I think he's yeah. got all the belts. That's kind of neat, but like, I I generally don't really care necessarily.
0: Um, do you think it's because we what, can't watch Impact because it's not available everywhere? Do you think that hurts
1: it a little bit because like you're not following around I, the impact storylines as much? I, I mean, I mean, I guess, but Man. I think I think the problem. actually I guess I guess number one, the real problem is that they don't mention impact on AEW. And also, if you beat Rich Swan. Yeah, well, I mean, they don't have anyone else. That's their best guy. God. I know. I'm just saying. Shit. Uh, but no. Um, yeah. No. You. Yeah, AEW doesn't mention them. Honestly, okay. I only watch AEW for like AEW stuff. I don't really care about all the other cross promotional. I will say it is cool if they want to bring like other yeah. guys in and have right. matches and stuff. Like mm-hmm. totally cool with that. That's that's a lot of fun because I think unlike something like WWE where matches can get like stale or seeing them every single week because they only have the limited roster that they can use. Right. AEW's like we got. 50 guys in new japan 100 guys in the AEW, 90 guys in impact that we can all just like change the matches and yep. it makes it fun and exciting every week absolutely um, but in general the impact title means like i'm not gonna say it next to nothing to me but it means very little to me because i don't watch impact yep. and also the triple a title even though it's very important where it is yeah um means it's very little because yeah. i don't care enough about right. it because i don't they don't defend it or anything. Is so he's in one title defense. So Right. Is this
0: helping either company? Like Impact did a little bit, did a better buy rate for Rebellion, specifically yeah. this pay-per-view. They did the best buy rate. They've done a long time in pay-per-view. Ratings are, ne- are not necessarily skyrocketing with Kenny Omega being on the show. AEW's numbers are pretty much stagnant. They went down last week from the week before. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're going to kind of be at what they're at anyway. <laughs> um, is this getting any mutual benefit
1: for either company long term to kind of help. Um, I, I don't think AEW is benefiting from it at all. No, I think if anything impacts benefiting slightly for getting talent around the world. Like yes. if you're a New Japan fan and yeah. Finn Juice is over there and you like them, you're like, oh, Correct. let's see that world title match or if you're, I guess if you're a Kenny Omega fan, like I right. am, yeah. I went to go watch that Rebellion show um yeah. just to see him win the title. It was a good match, so, by the way. It, it, was was a very good match. Match. it
0: was a solid match
1: yeah so i was like i guess in that sense like i am watching other like i'm watching other promotions but it's not making me
0: want to oh i gotta find out where impact is because i want to watch now every single week
1: yeah no i mean no not at all right i, I will say though to me personally i don't know how you feel because you watch more weekly wrestling than i do yeah i have a hard time watching like the weekly shows it is I hard mean, a time. lot of them get rough absolutely um so watching trying to go find impact wrestling when I don't watch AEW or Smackdown every week is right. a hard. tough task is yeah. a hard pass usually um <laughs> but no I think AEW is suffering the most because you're just like I want to watch these AEW guys and because yeah. it's the bigger promotion and you're right. getting the low the lower impact guys coming in you're not yeah. even getting like the star impact guys you're getting right. like yeah who cares? impact guys (laughs) so I think AEW is hurting I think everyone else is benefiting because everyone wants to watch Kenny Omega
0: yeah the the only thing I would say about the impact side of it is that you know you have Kenny Omega as your world champion but there is a zero percent chance that he is dropping that title um to anybody in a one-on-one contest to help you make a make a star right like if Samoa Joe signs back with impact let's just throw a name out there right there is a zero percent chance samoa joe is going to beat kenny omega clean one two three in the middle of the ring with a muscle buster it's not happening right it's going to have to happen in one of these six pack challenge type matches where kenny's going to lose it but he doesn't get pinned or he doesn't get submitted and it's going to be kind of janky so you sacrificing one of your top guys as rich swan and takes a clean one two three now it was to the one winged angel i'm glad that they made sure he used that (laughs) to have him beat him because at least yeah. like, okay, nobody kicks out of that. So it's, you keep some credibility there. Um, but at the same time, if you're an impact fan and you're an impact executive, knowing you're not going to get the receipt for this yeah right now, having Kenny Omega as your world champion is awesome. But when it's the third title on his resume currently right now, yeah. um, as far as prestige and all that goodness, it's, it's, I don't think you're getting enough from it that you'd like to. I think they're trying to do whatever it is and it really shows that they're definitely a step below. You know what I mean? And I think that is another thing too where it's like, I almost wish that they would have done something with ring of honor because you have the history, at least there, you know, the young, everybody from AEW at some point was basically in ring of honor. You know what I mean? So it's like, I almost wish that would have meant, I think it would have meant a little bit more just because impact has gone through so many changes and so many ownership groups. And it's, it's really trying to work its way back, but it almost feels like, a, a very big step down as compared to what AEW is right now.
1: Yeah. And, and one thing I'm very worried and you're going to be absolutely shocked to hear that I'm worried about this, Yeah. but right after Kenny won, there yeah. was like a Twitter talk between yeah. Osprey and Kenny. That match can never happen. Nope. Can never happen. Nope. Because Kenny can't lose and yep. Osprey can lose, but yep. if Osprey loses the title to Kenny and Kenny can't lose, yeah. he's going to hold like eight world championships, which is whatever. Right. But like, he's not going to go to new, he's not going to go to Japan every week and right. then go to AEW and then go to impact every week. Like you're no. never going to see those titles ever again. Really? No. Triple like, A has never seen their title ever again for like, right.
0: And years. with COVID too, that's not helping things either. Yeah. I mean, I-, I will say this though, in that same vein. And I know this is, this is getting greedy and cheesy at the same time when Okada beats Osprey in a couple months for that title. I mean, that match again, Oh boy. And Okada gets his win back. The problem is, is that you set Kenny up in AEW to, to be the the man. Right. Yeah. And the problem with this is that if this was WWE, he, Kenny could go over to New Japan and take an L and nobody would care because not enough WWE fans that are true diehards watch New Japan. Right. AEW's audience is the same audience as New Japan's audience because it is people like us that watch pretty much everything at some capacity, right? We know who's coming in. We know why they're coming in and for X, Y, and Z reason. AEW's fan base is very much a diehard audience for all professional wrestling. WWE's diehards are WWE diehards. They watch Raw, SmackDown, NXT. That's what they watch. You know, and then there's sometimes even NXT, right. And there's some people, there's some people like us that watch AEW impact NXT, you know, we'll watch new Japan pay-per-views. We'll, we'll catch things individually because it intrigues us for the guys that are in it. And then there's the AEW crowd that go, we don't or anti WWE. We don't want that anymore. We're tired of it, but we love New Japan because all these guys. It's so. It's yeah. Yeah, it's impossible. So I like the fact that New Japan is getting in on it, and that's the only company that I think is mutually beneficial. For but you can never have a title versus title match. You can never do it.
1: Yes, I uh, like. I said like I'm Unless totally it's, cool yeah. if like, and I said it like two three weeks ago. Yep. If Naito. Without the title, comes over and challenges That's Kenny. That's, That's perfect. fine. That's fine because Kenny can beat him, and I'm fine. Even yeah. if Okada wants to do like an hour long, whatever kind of match, yeah, Broadway. Kenny, yeah. Kenny can beat him, and it's fine. Yeah. Like every, it's it's fine until it's like a title for title, and then I go, I don't like that and because he, I can't have. It'd be cool to have Kenny have like nine world titles. It would be like, awesome. It would be historic for sure. But at the same time, I'm like, those titles are never going to be defended ever again. And, the, and, the, and then, too, if
0: looking at it from an AEW perspective, right, let's just take the New Japan side of it. Let's look at it right now where it is. Who in AEW right now is a big enough star to beat Kenny Omega? Uh, Jericho? Cody, Jericho,
1: like if you said like like as a plausible you know, today, person
0: to beat him right now right he is yeah. a he's a triple world champion he's been untouched for over a year in
1: AEW, basically since they dropped yeah. the tag titles i think you can make the argument with enough build that cody could right i'd you say cody, cody
0: i'd say you cody, and cody up for
1: a couple weeks yep. and be like have him like going nuts and yep. going crazy and going I have what it takes, kind of yes. like, as, like.
0: no, no. I I, 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 That's why I asked you because I think that, and I think Jericho is Jericho, a baby face as well I, because I mean, he's a baby face. Sure, yeah. You know what I mean. I guess um, anyone else, he's beaten before right on AEW television too. That helps. Yeah, you know, what I mean that yeah. first pay per view. But I say those two guys, and Jericho is kind of iffy, but Cody is the only strong enough baby face. They don't have anybody else to beat him right now, right? Yeah. So if Kenny in any, Kenny can't lose to anybody because if he does the AEW title and everybody on your roster looks like garbage. And I know some people are thinking like, are you really getting into the weeds here, but really think about it. When you have these cross promotional stuff, it's super cool to think about a guy is holding a co- two company or three companies world championships. But at the same time, you know why NWA and the WWF or WWWF back in the day, never had Ric Flair beat Bob Backlund or Bob Backlund never beat Ric Flair because they knew that they would never be able to get that title off of them because mm-hmm. It, it hurts the it hurts that brand then to take an L regardless, right? Yeah. So it's like Impact is going to have to do this some weird thing where they're going to do a six man. It's like that. Remember that backlash show where it was Triple H, Shane McMahon, and Vince McMahon versus Orton and Legacy, and Orton, <laughs> Orton still pinned Triple H, but it's like all right, they can pin Vince or something and yeah. he wins the title. It's going to be one of those situations where, you know, I don't even know three Eddie Edwards pins gallows in a six-man tag and he wins the title kind of you know what i mean something stupid where you don't get the payback and the receipt for having your top guy take a clean pinfall loss in the middle of the ring
1: yeah the only other way i could see it is if they did like a three impacts versus kenny omega like four-way and yeah. it was like three on one yeah exactly kenny but be then like pinned. the impact guy eventually turns and pins another impact guy but they beat up on kenny where he can't like break exactly. it up or something yeah but no he can't take a pin right exactly so it's just it's a little bit sketchy i'm i'm, yeah. I'm intrigued like said, at least to see new, what they new do pin guys could take the pin if yes. they did a cross promotional thing right but i just don't want to see it because I like New Japan, and I like their titles over there. Yeah, and I kind of want those all over there. Look at look at at the United Ah, States look at the
0: United States Championship right now, right? Oh, he's facing Yuji Nagata. That doesn't move the needle for me at all. If you're a fan, because you know Nagata has zero percent chance of taking that championship. So you know what I mean? I don't. I'm not a fan. Like Ten versus Darby Allen. Okay, great. This may be a solid contest, but the TNT title adding it to that it doesn't do anything for me because now Jungle Boy and Darby Allen. That was a great match. It's it was a different. fantastic match, but you knew you knew Jungle Boy wasn't taking the title.
1: No, yeah. Right,
0: that's, you know. That's the right.
1: problem you get with the weekly defenses, though.
0: So. I agree. I, I agree with that. Uh, all right, uh, last thing I kind of want to hit on here, and this is just kind of fun. This is something I thought was just interesting that we didn't get to talk about last week. The WWE Championship has turned 58 years old. 58 1963, I believe, is when the title was established. Buddy Rogers is the first champion, obviously. Um, you know, going goes from Buddy Rogers to Bruno to Hogan to Brett to Sean to Taker to you know Flair to Triple H. Rod, in that order, no, not in that order, no, not in that order. Well, if you want to go order, it's Bruno Hogan taker flair weirdly enough i think taker actually won it before flair did in 91 and then flair won it in 92 so taker flair brett sean austin rock triple h you know the, the list goes on true mcintyre um, <laughs> yeah 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 orton you know cena you know that kind of thing um give me your do you have a favorite wwe champion and why is it john cena <laughs> I mean, it, Rob. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> was so rude. Tell me um, I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. No, you're not wrong. You're 100 correct. Right. Uh, right. right. <laughs> I just hated that you had to call me out like that. Because I was going to say John Cena, <laughs> and try to come up with a good reason why it's John Cena. <laughs> you just had to call me out. <laughs> That's like me saying, "Oh, who's your favorite? Oh, tell me why it's Bret Hart." I'm like, come <laughs> on, shut up. <laughs> um,
0: all right, fine. Take your top guy out of it for a second. If you okay. had to, it, when you outside of Cena, right, when you think of the WWE Championship, is there a guy that you immediately tied that championship to? And why is it Randy Orton or Triple H?
1: Stop. Uh, Guys, see, you, you, you caught <gasps> me and my shout out. You know what? I'll go okay. different. I'll say Shawn Michaels. Really? Okay. Yeah. Just because I like, I remember the wrestlemania i don't remember it actually yeah but um the wrestlemania iron well, man match the, yeah, yeah with, whatever with one that was yeah, yeah that, that's a really good man i guess i guess austin too yeah too. yeah, that, yeah a you, know, too. It, you know yeah ww's been,
0: been posting a lot of statistics and stuff right you know who's the longest champion you know the longest reigns right so you had like it's like bruno hogan um backlin pedro morales who do you think is after that though because i they said right. it So for the longest, most days spent as WWE champion in history, all their combined reigns, right? I'm going to give you the top four because the top four are pretty obvious, right? Bruno, because he held it for like 35 years. Um, Hogan held his his first reign was four years alone. Um, Bob Backlund was third. I think Pedro Morales is fourth. Okay. Bret Hart is six. Okay. And I was really pissed. He was out of the top five because I thought he was top five. Who do you think is number five on that list? Because it shocked uh, uh, me. It shocked you? Dang. Actually, hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. No, it's – hold on. Yeah, Backland. give me the next two guys on that list. It's not Brett. Okay. Brett is a little bit below that. But give me the next two okay. guys you think is on that list. Next two guys? Okay. I, ha- I think I have one but I got to like fact check while watching. Let me, let me, let me check this just to make sure I'm not talking out of my okay. rear end here, but I'm Go like, ahead. not, I'm like 99% sure that this is the guy of the two guys that I'm thinking of, which is, which legitimately I'm not even, I'm not even trolling you here. Shock shocked me. Okay. I'm sorry. Shocked Hold you? on. I'm sorry. So the top three is Bruno Hogan Backland. Okay? okay. Number five is Pedro Morales. Okay. Give me who's number four, who's number six and number seven.
1: Oh God. Just keep adding numbers. Yep. Yep. Okay. 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 So who do you have who do you think uh, has the
0: most title most days as WWE champion after Bob Backlund? After Bob
1: Backlund? Yep. How many does uh five have? You said Pedro? One thousand, yeah.
0: One thousand twenty-seven days as champion. He had one title reign for one thousand twenty-seven days. Yep.
1: Oh god. Okay. Yep. Um who's at four? Who would be longer than that?
0: For total uh, rain. This is the combined reign. So yeah, the combined, like... Yeah, yeah. Bruno yeah. had only had two reigns, but he held the title for 4,000 days. Okay, I know he's
1: in there somewhere, so I'm going to yeah. say Cena. It's Cena. You're right. Yeah, okay. it's Cena. He, he had
0: 13 reigns, 1,254
1: days. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. I knew the, the, the d- one was like 100. The next
0: two, all right, the next two, all right, I think... I, I didn't even realize that they'd been... Ch- and I should have, I guess... Okay. The next two guys are kind of crazy to me, and then I'll kind of give you the rundown of like the top ten. And
1: okay, wait. So you said who's six and seven?
0: Yeah. Who's who's yeah? So Pedro's five. Who's got the next? I'll say this right now. Nobody after Pedro Morales has more than has more than a thousand days as champion. Okay. So I'm going to say a thousand.
1: Okay. I'm going to give you one of the two. Okay. Triple H.
0: No, he's number nine. Nine reigns with 611 days. Okay, who, who Brett Bret Hart is above him. I'll give you that. It's okay. five reigns for 654 days. The next guy, number seven on the list, I'm not going to tell you the number of reigns because I think that gives it away, but he, okay. he's, re- he's recognized by the WWE for having 680 days as WWE champion.
1: Oh, Jesus. 680 days.
0: Um, Between multi- He's a multi-time
1: champion. I will yeah, say yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with I don't know why. Yeah. Wait, I, I have to fetch. Oh, that's the wrong title. Never mind. Okay, wait, <laughs> were you gonna say the Miz? No, <laughs> no. <really well>. Jericho. <laughs> um, I was gonna say Lesnar, but he held the Universal title for like three years. Um, don't give me that luck. It can't be Lesnar. Um, it might be Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say The Rock because he always has the title for, for a point
0: no it's not the rock i'll it's tell not. you this though rock okay. Brock is sixth on this list Brock is Seventh. sixth. well you got to think he had two reigns of the WWE title it was like a year i
1: thought those were the universal no. title remember, they remember? well he um, held
0: the one with ko Co- he beat kofi he held that for a minute he beats he for the the unified but it still was the wwe he's at 761 days as wow. wwe champion yeah. the next guy he's got all right it's not triple h it's on triple not triple h it's not the rock it's not the not,
1: Rock. It's not like it's the not, Undertaker. Yeah,
0: it's not Austin. Austin didn't, didn't hold it for that long. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go. This was the one that shocked me more than any of them, just based on the. Uh, but then I looked at it and I went, "Oh, I guess that makes sense," just because of reasons. You, yeah, this one's tough. You, 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 would have seen him wrestle.
1: Let me put it that way. Like, he's not, I appreciate like, that. Well, he's
0: not old. Let me put it that way. Yeah. He's not in the. You know, I'm gonna,
1: the I'm gonna say Randy Orton. You're right. It's already okay. Orton.
0: He, he was the one that shot 10 reigns in 680
1: days. So, I know so, he has a lot of reigns, but I was like, that's why I didn't Ron want to tell you really short, though. Yes, exactly. Like, like in also, 2009, they him and, had and Cena, Cena. the title like four times. times. Yeah. So, like, so
0: Bruno, Hogan, Backlund, Cena, Pedro's the top five. Then, yeah. six is Brock Lesnar, seven is Randy Orton, number eight is Brett, number nine is Triple H at 611 days, and number 10 is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay. Here's what I thought was crazy though. Right. Some of the guys that you figured would be higher, but aren't like, I thought the rock was higher for some reason. And then you go A-T. back and look at it. He never helped in the attitude here. The title flipped so many times. They mm-hmm. never had long reigns, right? Like Austin 529 days had six title reigns, right? Mm-hmm. The rock had eight title runs for 378 days now subtract his last reign where he held it at mania think of that he had seven reigns for what 330 days. he held that title seven times in only less than a year mm-hmm. isn't that crazy to think about drew mcintyre's already 17th by the way
1: out of the if if, out of 52 if, punk's got to be up there doesn't he
0: punk is number he like thir- 13. He's 13 13 i feel like i saw this list aj is ahead, ahead of him aj is ahead of him
1: yeah. Uh, oh, had a lot.
0: yeah punk is ahead of sean though sean had three reigns for only 396 days that
1: sounds right right they're always like i yeah, screw you
0: well sean too i mean his first reign lasted a while that was the long one and then he went yeah. back at the rumble and then he vacated it soon after because he lost his smile because he's a baby back bitch and then um uh <laughs> after that he won it the third time from brett at survivor series and he dropped it at wrestlemania to stone cold so yeah. he didn't ha- he didn't have it for he only had it three months then too so
1: yeah
0: um he was never really i don't think you know when i think of the him as being world champion i don't think of him being his world champion i think of him as the guy in the semi-main who always have a really great match in a feud
1: yeah
0: but i don't think of him as world champion for some reason. It's, it's just a weird thing for me maybe it's because i'm a bret hart guy so i just refuse um and i think another one was interesting edge has four reigns only 139 days as WWE I champion i said that's edge so and then cool. I went,
1: he, he has like nine world heavyweight title reigns yeah so that's exactly I, that's
0: exactly it yep yeah. um obviously vince mcmahon on there kane ray mysterio andre the giant all had one day reigns vince had a four-day reign as champion um but just not so, too long yeah no kidding right um just some interesting trivia you know to, to kind of do that we'll, we'll, do you have a favorite wwe title design
1: uh design oh, yeah God. like all the championships like even the I, ones like I, I, you know
0: the undisputed did you
1: yeah. like the spinner do you I like guess the current I, one I'd, I'd say the spinner because i grew up with the spinner that's fair
0: right um, a lot of people say the winged eagle because they grew up on
1: that yeah because right? they grew up with it i guess that's yeah. it yeah i'd say spinner best match here we go okay right? yeah but best those, match that's best a great match. one <laughs> <laughs> money in the bank 2011 punk cena that
0: is that is um a top fiver, maybe maybe yeah. a top three. I mean, there's been so many good WWE championship matches. I yeah. mean, good lord. That's the
1: one like if you were oh. like like if if it if it was like we weren't talking about this and you're like, name one, that's like the first one I got to know. Okay.
0: Give me one that's maybe n- that you personally have like a secret because I have one that is so off the beaten path. Actually I have two that's like Super far off the path, I feel like for a lot of people. Oh. Is there one Matt a WWE championship match that you're like that for whatever reason that you always like when that match is on on a compilation thing or something? You're like, this is a re- i really enjoy this match yeah. for
1: X reason. There's all right, two of them. Okay. Uh Rollins Lesnar Cena at Rumble. 15. It's a great match. It was really, really fun to watch. That was
0: Rollins' coming out party as a yeah, main event guy. Yeah, was insane.
1: Yep. And then... Made that match complete. Yeah. Funny enough, Rumble 18, mm-hmm. AJ and Cena... I think it was a great 18. match. we watched that together. Yep, yep. We and did. That was that we was went, absolutely oh, insane too. AJ
0: dropped it. Great. She yeah, literally
1: like ate <laughs> him from like the top rope, and he kicked out. I went, oh god. I was like, I yeah. do oh, no, man. That's and insane. then the
0: springboard into it, into the yeah. end of the thing, and you were like, oh, I got two. Yeah. Um, both Those are my two. Yeah, both are Bret Hart matches because you know I'm a freaking mark for him. It's fine. Um, the first one for me that I always, for whatever reason. Like, just really enjoyed, and it's like one of my absolute favorite matches of all time is Brett versus Taker at SummerSlam 1997. That's Brett's fifth title reign. It's he's a bad guy at that point. It's Shawn Michaels as a special guest referee. I, a lot of people like that match just because um it was the last big pay-per-view that brett was on before he left the company besides survivor series uh and i mean taker sean brett you're not going to get much better than that in the main event that
1: that was uh in one of the wwe games yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah it was a great one sean spit brett spits on sean sean hits taker you know brett pins taker in the middle of the ring and everyone's like oh crap brett won it's crazy um that was that one i've watched that pay-per-view so many times it's crazy the other one for me actually i have two more and these are both in relative close fashion. One for me is Brett versus the British Bulldog at an in-your-house pay-per-view right before Brett drops the world title to Sean at WrestleMania 12 in 96. Uh, Brett gets color in that match. It's against the British Bulldog. It's playing off of the four years ago when the Bulldog beats Brett at, at Wembley um like i said Bret hart bleeds which you never saw in that era in Mm -hmm. 96 and he in it in it was one of those things where i just remember vividly be like wow he got his ass handed to him in that match and pulls it off with a roll-up to win the match thought it was just phenomenal and the third one weirdly enough is a match that just keeps coming back to me when i think of the wwe championship for whatever reason um is uh I, I'm kind of have time for two. I'll, I'll stick away from the '96 stuff for a second. It's, it's it's Rock Austin at WrestleMania 17. That match, for whatever reason, to me, I, the finish was stupid because he he gets he's a bad guy, but everything up until he shakes Vince's hand, you're just like. Oh my gosh, like the, the whole match was so good. My other one, sleeper one, is Shawn Michaels versus Psycho Sid in Survivor Series 96, just because Shawn Michaels is supposed to be a major babyface and he gets booed out of the building. And psycho Sid, who was not very good, had one of his best matches ever. So mm-hmm. those are some good ones. I would put rock or not rock, uh, put uh punk and Cena though, way up there. Yeah. there. I, I can't remember the last time I have felt that level of excitement for a championship match, even up till now. It's 10 years ago, and I still remember how I felt going in the match saying, I don't know what's going to happen, and I am so ready for whatever is about to occur.
1: Outside of some NXT takeover stuff Mm -hmm. in the last couple years, there's been nothing like that.
0: Where you just were on the edge of your seat the entire time, and you're just like, I don't know what is going to happen. Because you're like, it, it felt for the first time in a long time that it was real. And, yeah. and a little bit it was, but, like, not to the level that we thought it was. But you're just, like, I – and it was such a short build. It was, like, oh, by the way, Punk's the number one contender. You know, he's and feuding, he's our, he's, he's feuding with our truth one week, uh, Cena is. The next week he's feuding with Punk, and you're just, like,
1: this is insane. What is going yeah. on?
0: And you're just, like, oh, it was a total yeah. shift it was, that whole like, year. Like,
1: I think it's, like, my third or fourth, like, anticipated match. Mm-hmm. Like of all time. Oh, yeah. Like going Absolutely. into it. Like I would say like Obango kind of four is like my most anticipated because I was like, oh this is gonna be bonkers. Yep. Yeah. And like there's a couple others maybe that are higher, but that yeah. one I remember going in going, man, this is just gonna I just yeah. something's gonna happen. There's just busy. You know, I just thought it'd
0: be kind of fun to bring up the WWE championship. It's the most important championship in the in the world. You know, you can make the argument that the the IWGP is currently maybe I don't necessarily subscribe to that. I mean at the end of the day. The WWE is the biggest wrestling company in the world. Therefore, you want to be the WWE. Everybody, any wrestler, then they're lying to themselves. And any wrestler, of the last twenty-five years that's grown up and tried to become a professional wrestler, they didn't want to be the NWA champion. They didn't want to be the WCW champion. They wanted to be the WWE champion.
1: No, I would. Say, I would say the only caveat would be the IWGP heavyweight because there's a yeah. lot of Japanese guys and they watch a lot of and like that's like a right. sport there. Like, yeah. It's like oh yeah. For, I'm like, absolutely. It's like yeah. a legit thing there. So being champion there is. Yeah. Like, I'm just I'm talking from a, glo- from
0: a global presence yeah. right anybody that's ever come to the wwe and has won the title or has been an opportunity or any even winning the intercontinental championship something like that like it, it is the championship in the world of professional wrestling whether you want to admit it or not when people who don't know what professional wrestling is they go oh that's that wwe stuff right you know mm-hmm. and everybody can look at the at that winged eagle championship or the spinner championship they see it you see it on t- on television every year now for world series celebrations and that kind of stuff like it's, it is the most important championship accolade award that you can possibly achieve in, in this, in the industry. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's just something I thought we should, you know, take a look at just to, to memory lane a little bit, but that's going to be it for this week's show guys uh, next week. We're going to be, you know, probably previewing WrestleMania backlash for another barn burner of a WWE championship, right? front Stroman, yes. Drew McIntyre, yeah. Bobby Lashley. Excited. Yippee skippy. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be also probably talk, you know, we, we might be previewing some NHL playoffs, you know, the wings were officially eliminated. So <laughs> Mike is you see, sad.
1: You you, met, you mixed up two of the letters. You met NBA basketball. That's
0: true. We're also, yeah, we're definitely going to be talking some NBA basketball for sure. There's lots to talk about Um and I also want to ask you about a comment that LeBron said this week that I thought was extremely interesting. Um, just as, as a LeBron we're saving, guy, we're, we're we going to save it. You? Yeah. Are I'm you? not going to bring it up. No. Nope, Cause if we bring it up now, I'm going to go on another 40 minutes and this podcast has already been long enough. So lots of great stuff to talk about next week. For sure. We may even hit some more lions talk just to see any undrafted free agents or any free agent signings that they may make as well. And if Aaron Rodgers hopefully gets traded, that'd be awesome. So,
1: but. Or just, we can just look at pictures of Trevor Lawrence, see how great he is. He is pretty great. That's true.
0: That beautiful horse-faced man.
1: <laughs> yeah, can't go wrong. <laughs> can't go wrong. All right. That's
0: going to be it for this week's show, though. On behalf of the Merc Zone, I am the Mouth of Michigan, Rob and we will see you guys, as always, next time.